a golden voice right there, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, Throwback Country Music. I am your host, Britt Jones. Today's very special guest is country music star, John Barry. Be sure to visit johnberry.com for more info on his music, the latest news, and his current tour. Such a good song, Standing on the Edge of Goodbye. That's a song John wrote, and I love it. Huge hit for him in the 90s. If you're listening with your iPhone right now, see that little subscribe button? Press it for us. That helps us grow, and we are growing big time, y'all. So many people are listening to this show, and I am so grateful. Give us a five-star rating if you like it. Hopefully you do. Write a quick review. It doesn't take but a few seconds. Throwbackcountrymusicpodcast.com is also a way you can connect with us online. Hope you guys had a great weekend. And I hope you have a great week. Thanksgiving is coming up in just a few days. Without further ado, one of my absolute favorite people on the earth, my buddy, my good friend, John Barry. Enjoy. Well, today our very special guest has recorded more than 20 studio albums, including platinum and gold albums. In his career, he has also charted 19 songs on the Billboard Hot Country Songs chart, including the number one single, Your Love Amazes Me. And he also had hits Standing on the Edge of Goodbye, What's In It For Me, You and Only You, I Think About It All The Time, Change My Mind, She's Taking a Shine, If I Had Any Pride Left At All. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only distinctive voice of country music, 90s hit maker, John Barry. How are you, John? Man, Brett Jones, I'm so good, I hardly believe it's me. <laughs> well, How are you doing? I'm great, man. I've, I've been excited about talking to you. And uh, this week is Thanksgiving. And what is going on at the Barry compound on Thanksgiving? Woo. <laughs> We're leaving town tonight. Oh, wow. We've got one, we have 21 Christmas shows, and we've got one behind us that we did in Marietta, Georgia last week. Oh, wow, okay. And, and we are headed to Panama City Beach, Florida, where they're having a special uh, concert at Pier Park. Yeah. It is open to the public. It's a free concert. And uh, this weekend, uh, being Thanksgiving, is a special Thanksgiving in Panama City Beach. You're kidding. After the hurricane hit there and did so much destruction. Mm. It's just uh, a chance to get together and be thankful uh, that things were not worse than they were and a chance for the community to come together. And uh, and, and not only am I going to be there on Friday night, um, but they're also having a concert on Saturday night. And um, her name's just right on my head. <laughs> and it, um, Keith Whitley's. Oh, Lori. That's right. Lori Morgan. 
Yeah, Lori Morgan's going to be there on Saturday night. And uh, so if you can't come see us on Friday, come see Lori on Saturday or come see both of us Friday and Saturday. Oh, that's so, awesome. But it's a great opportunity for folks just to gather together and be Panama City Beach strong. That's great, man. I, I love that. Um, man, the Christmas tour is huge. Um, well, yeah, in our little world, it's a big deal. Yeah. I, we, I, have, um, we got 20 shows to do starting um, starting tomorrow night. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, man. That's awesome. And, and the tour is called Christmas Songs and Stories with John Barry. So you share stories as well, correct? Oh, yeah. I tell lots of stories about Christmas growing up. Yeah. Just different things. Man. Um, well, that brings us to this, and I'm sure you'll be playing this song every night. Your latest hit, and it has been—it's been a hit. It's taken off, man. Uh, Beautifully broken. Tell us about that song. Beautifully broken is a, a song from a movie by the same name, mm-hmm. and the movie was produced by a gentleman named Chuck Howard. And your listeners may not know Chuck Howard, probably not, but Chuck is the guy who produced all of my hit songs. Oh, wow. All the records I had out in the 90s, he produced those records. And in recent years, he's been making these wonderful faith-based films. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's been wanting me to be a part of one of them. And he got a hold of me and said, John, I got this movie. Check your email. I sent you a rough cut of the film. Uh, Take a look at it. Let me know what you think. And when I get home from being out of town, I'm going to send you a copy of the song. Wow. And uh, so I watched the rough cut of this film. Robin, my wife, was in the, you know, my sweet wife, Robin. Oh, she yeah. was in the family room watching TV. I said, well, I'm going to go in my office and watch this on my computer. And uh, about an hour and a half later, I come out of my office and carrying this laptop with tears running down my face. She said, what is wrong? And I, I couldn't even speak. Uh-huh. I just pointed to the computer screen and it had the logo from the movie on. She said, you're kidding. I, I, couldn't, even, I, I couldn't even say anything. It was the most moving film. And and this is a, a rough cut. And most of your listeners have probably never seen a rough cut film. Mm. But there's no music. There's no background music. There's no songs. There's nothing. Just dialogue and film. So it's very dry. Wow. In other words. But it was just an, 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 a compelling story about these three families. Two from Rwanda, Africa, and a family from Brentwood, Tennessee. And the tapestry that God weaves where these three families save each other's lives in wow. different ways. It's it's an astounding story. Oh, that's and, awesome. uh, but anyway, then I heard the song and I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and uh, so I got to record this wonderful song. And can I tell you a little backstory? Please. This song was uh, written by Jenny Slate Lee. Okay. Uh-huh. She's, uh, she's in, you know, I'm not quite sure how old she is, but... Uh, Let's back up a few years to, to, to 1992. Okay. I'm driving home from a club playing in Athens, Georgia. Mm. Middle of the night, driving home out to Pocataligo, where I live. Oh, yeah. And this song comes on the radio. Never heard this song before, but the DJ said, here's a brand new song from Joe Diffie. I turned up the volume because I love me some Joe Diffie. Mm. And this new song called Ships That Don't Come In comes on the radio. Wow. And I turn it up, boy, and I'm digging this song. And he gets to that line in the chorus. And those who stand on empty shores and spit against the wind, and those that wait forever for ships that don't come in, 
it brought me to tears because it reminded me that I had, I mean, I was doing good. I was living in Athens, mm-hmm. playing clubs in Athens, had a little farm north of town that was almost paid for. We were living large and in charge. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I, but I had dreamed bigger than that. Yeah. I'd had bigger dreams than that. And I got real comfortable and I got home and I woke Robin up and I told her about this song I'd heard and what I was feeling. And we stayed up all night. And came up with a plan to go to Nashville every not every six weeks and do an industry showcase and, and for a year. And if we could get a record deal in that year, great. If not, we'd punt and we'd do something else. We'd figure out what else to do next. Mm. And we were committed for a year to do this every six weeks. So that May of 92, we went to Nashville to Douglas Corner. Yeah. And we did our first industry showcase, May of 1994. And I got a record deal. Mm. Out of that first showcase, wow. Capitol Records. Mm. Okay, let's jump forward to the making of "Beautifully Broken." This song was written by Jenny Slate Lee. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we get to talking at the at the red carpet premiere of this film. Her daddy, I just didn't put it together. Her daddy was Johnny Slate. She was a little kid in the uh, studio when her dad was producing a record by a game guy named Joe Diffie cutting a song called Ships That Don't Come In. Wow. And all these years later, she writes a song that I have my first charting song at Country Radio in 22 years. Oh, my goodness. Is that not crazy? That is unreal. It's God's funny. Man, He's you ain't funny. kidding. That's in chills all over me. <laughs> that's just a good, that's, a, that's just one of those crazy things. It's one of those cool things that happens in life that you can't make up. No, you can't. And, uh, Golly. And, but it was it was really a real treat to, to sing that song. And, and if, if folks have not seen the movie, the movie Beautifully Broken is coming out on iTunes, or it should be out on iTunes now. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, on Netflix, excuse me. Oh, wow. The movie's on Netflix. And uh, so I hope you'll watch it. You'll be inspired. You'll be moved. And at the end of the film, you'll get to hear Plum sing the song Beautifully Broken. Oh, wow. And then as the credits continue to roll, you'll get to hear C.C. Winer, great gospel singer, yeah. sing, singing Beautifully Broken. And then at the very end, at the last bit of popcorn in your bowl, you'll get to hear me sing Beautifully Broken. What about that? So uh, three versions at the end of the film, and uh, but it's just it's all three are they're very different, and yeah. the, the girls did great jobs on their versions as well. Uh-huh. So I'm awfully proud to be a part of this. Man, <laughs> what's the response been like at the shows when you've played that song? Oh, people love it. I'm, I'm telling you, you know, you uh, I have people after the show tell you tell me that that song just spoke to them. It's just. It's pieces of their life. And, you know, in an interview, somebody said, why did you, when the song was climbing the charts so fast and, and res- people were really responding, to, this DJ said, why do you think people are responding so strongly to this song? And my response was, everybody's been broken. Mm. Everybody has got brokenness in their life to some degree. And they may not, you, you may not look at it quite as broken, but they've had dreams that hadn't come true. They've had different things and maybe didn't make it through college. Maybe, maybe their marriage is a struggle, you know, different things. There's there's brokenness in everybody's life. Mm. And so, so everybody's able to relate to this song in some way. Man. 
That's good. I know I relate to it. I loved it the moment, uh, the first time I heard it. <clears throat> um, yeah, I appreciate it. Chuck Howard produced it. Uh, that's along, along with Barry Weeks that, and you know, Chuck produced all my hits. Mm-hmm. So he, he knew what needed to be wrapped around my voice to make it a good song for me to sing. Wow. And it, it man, you did, you made it a John Barry song for real. Um, <clears throat> that now the cool, uh, I want to touch on this because you're about to embark on this tour again. Uh, you're, you're so well known for your Christmas tours now that's and you were one of the first artists to ever, uh, uh, cover Oh Holy Night and one of the first country artists to embark on your Christmas tour that's what 22 23 years now or this is our 22nd year 22nd year how, how did the Christmas I think tour that's right is it 21 or 22 22 I guess um how did that's it right. how did the Christmas tour ever begin what was that what did ever would you did you ever mean for it to be a tour or did it just happen well, it, it started off as me doing a show at Green Acres Baptist Church in Athens Georgia every year yeah and uh, back in, in 1988, I think it was the first year we did it, or 89. Mm-hmm. And we did it uh, in 1989, 90, uh, 91, 92. And in 93, it, it started to get a little ridiculous as far as because we started having hits on the radio. And oh, yeah. We were doing three and four nights. Uh-huh. It was just a little crazy. And uh, and then we took a break for a year. Then we started doing it at the Civic Center in Athens. And then we moved to the the Civic Center in Watkinsville, Georgia, just down the road. And we'll be back there again this year, the, the week before Christmas. And it is sold out, by the way. Yeah, it's already sold out, yeah. which is uh, my two favorite words used in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, man. Uh, well, but but the, the first year we did a Christmas tour, was uh-huh. um, we, we was eight cities. And then the next year grew a few and grew a few. And, you know, and it's turned into, uh, like this year's 21 cities. Yeah. So it's usually typically around 20 or so. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, and y'all can go to johnberry.com to see where he will be playing. And um, you will not be disappointed. <clears throat> Let's see. Well, we know you were a huge, and this, this podcast is all about honoring the 90s hit makers and, um, and talking about what they're doing today. You're, you were such a huge part of the golden era of country music known as the 90s. Have you ever just sat back, and I asked the other guests this, and Lori Morgan was talking about it the other day, too, on the on the show. You were part of something really special. And, and, and at the time, we didn't realize that the 90s country music artists were going to be what they are today, just this incredible, eclectic mix of, of sounds. You were, you were part of the 90s. Do you ever, I mean, what do you, do you ever think, like, Man, I, I came along at the right time. Yeah, you know, it really was a, a, a remarkable era that that the technology of of the pop music, mm. not so much the sound necessarily, even though some of the sound did venture into it, right. but the technology got there and and uh, the making records, they just, you know, there were there were some folks that were. Uh, that were have been making pop records over the years, but you know, thing, things like not that are so not so far out in left field pop, but what what considered pop records in the seventies and the eighties. I mean, like the Eagles, mm-hmm. they were a pop group. Mm. If they came out today, they might be country enough to get on. I mean, they might be too country for country radio. Yeah, you're right. You know. Yeah. But but in the '90s they would have been perfect for country radio, mm-hmm. and so a lot of that influence of, of so many of us grew up listening to that you know 
seventies rock and yeah. and in the early eighties and the, the acoustic side of that and sort of put it into our music mixed with some of the, the flavors of the eighties country. Mm. And you mix it all together and you get this really cool sound. Plus the technology was getting so good that the sound of the music was just good. Instrument wise was so good. You know, it just, it had a, a something really special going on about it. And uh, there's some great acts that came out that I got to follow around and play with. Miss Rap, Miss uh, McIntyre, you know, I got to do a, a couple of years touring with her. And I was on the same label with Garth and, and, uh, you know, Garth just, he just ruled the airwaves and good reason. And man could put on a heck of a show. Yeah. And uh, he, knew, he knew how to choose songs that, that, that really touched people and, and moved people, whether yeah. it be a lot of fun or something real serious, yeah. you know, real touching. He just had a knack for that. And, yeah. and, uh, but there was just a lot of that going on during that time frame. And I, I'm just pleased to, you know, be a part of that. Yeah. I mean, and I've heard you tell this story before. It's really cool. Um, you were at the CMA Awards, and I start laughing because it's so funny. And <laughs> tell the listeners, and you, you shared this on one of your records years ago called uh, so, Songs of Stories. Tell us about running into the possum backstage. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, it was a 1995 CMA Awards show, and they had asked me to sing on the show. And I thought it was a pretty awesome because I was going to get to go sing with the big band, you know, yeah. the, big, the big TV band, you know, which is usually mm-hmm. pretty huge. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. We just want you to play with just you and your guitar. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, great. Scare me to death. <laughs> so there we are, me and my wife sitting in the artist section, the nominee section. And after having watched the show on TV for so many years, there I was, you know. And it was pretty overwhelming. And I, I got a little bit nervous. And I told my wife, I said, baby, I got to go back here and warm up. I just got to be sure I'm ready to sing. And so I go backstage and. The dressing rooms have so many people floating around. It's just too too crowded to feel comfortable really singing and warming up, you know. So I I search around and and there's nobody and there's nobody in the men's room. <laughs> so I'm in there just belting it out, just singing my heart out. And walks George Jones, and he does whatever George's got to do. And he's heading out the door and he says, "Sounding good, son." <laughs> and you know, I figured really right then and there, if I never won anything, it's okay because I just got the "Sounding Good Son" award from George Jones. <laughs> Anyway, so I leave after a few minutes. I go sit with Robin, and about an hour goes by. You know, the show's pretty daggone long. Oh, yeah. You know? And as about an hour goes by, and I, I told her one last time, I'm going to go warm up for a minute right before I sing. So I go backstage again, and the next time I'd see her, I'd be standing on stage, you know. So I'm back there singing my heart out, warming up, you know, and back here in the men's room. And <laughs> walks George Jones. And he looks at me and looks at his watch. He says, son. How long are you going to warm up? <laughs> all he knew is he, George just thought, there's that daggone new artist. He's been back here all night long, <laughs> standing in the bathroom singing. <laughs> it was pretty funny. And, and that was actually at the Grand Ole Opry, right? Yeah, it, it was the Grand Ole Opry, yeah. Yeah, man. Grand speaking, Opry House. Speaking of the Opry, man, the past few years, you have been a guest there a lot. What's going on with that? I mean, what's man, it mean for an artist to be there? It's awesome, man. It's so much fun. Uh, every time they call, I think only one time in recent memory can I think of that they've called and I was not able to go play. Uh, wow. They just happened. Uh, the, the folks that booked the, the, the dates, I, 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 they must keep a watch on my schedule to see when I'm not busy. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they get me to fill in for somebody or they'll, they'll go ahead and schedule a date. But if they get somebody that 
that that ha- can't make it that night, they might check my schedule, see if I'm coming. That's just awesome. Mm-hmm. I love, 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 love going to play at the Grand Ole Opry. And, you know, if, they, if folks ever watch it, if they see it on TV, or if they hear somebody talk about referencing standing in the circle, mm-hmm. the circle is a section of stage where the where the singer stands and sings. Yep. And that section of stage is from the Ryman Auditorium. Mm-hmm. So when they moved from the Ryman 26 year, years ago, they took out a circle of the floor and moved it to the Opry House and and put it there in the, on the stage of, of the now Opry House so people can still stand in, in the same spot, you know. Uh, and uh, it's pretty cool. And a few of those artists. I mean, didn't El- hadn't Elvis stood there before? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's crazy. I, that's that's awesome. Um, yeah, whenever we have friends that go with us to the Opry uh, before the show, we'll go out on the stage and I'll show folks around, and then I'll take them out there and and have them stand in the circle and in front of the WSM microphone uh, and take the picture. So mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, well, speaking of that, and we'll we'll wrap up here in a second. Um, what was it like to be on such a huge tour with? Reba McIntyre. It was awesome. Man. And I, I tell you what was one of the coolest things in the world about it is for a new artist, being a new artist at that level um, and being an opening act on this massive tour, to see the professionalism with the staff and the crew, mm-hmm. and they're all business. And because it, 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 you come to know that you, you, you don't have to be at sound check on time for because they're being mean about it. Right. You got to be on sound check on time because they've got a whole city to move. Right. And it's 14 tractor trailers, eight, you know, eight buses. It's it's a huge event. Every and, and they have to pack that stuff up and move it. And two days later, do it again. Mm. And. But the one thing I found out, the more I got to know the staff, and as I got to know people moving up the chain of command all the way up to Reba herself, as I got to know her, they're all business, but they're so nice about it. Uh. Reba's just like that. She's so kind. Now, it it might be matter of fact, but she's not being mean. They're just – none of them are being – it's just – we're taking care of business here yeah. and we're going to have a great time, but we got to take care of business. Let's, right. let's, let's be professional about it and take care of business, you know, uh-huh. and see every time I've seen her, she always asks how Robin's doing. Ask about my three, how them three babies doing, which uh, aren't babies anymore. Yeah. And, and her, her little boy, Shelby, you, she, and uh, she, her boy, Shelby and my daughter, Taylor Marie used to play. She, she go over, and uh, some of the background singers for Reba would come get her off our bus and take her over there with them, and she'll be me <laughs> over there. They'd all hang out together and stuff, and just uh, you know, being on that on that tour was a great lesson for a young artist like me uh-huh. that you can take care of business and you can be pro about it, but you can also be really nice to people at the same time. Yeah, wow, that's good, man. That's a good story. Ain't, ain't no reason to be a jerk to anybody. No. Mm-mm. Even though there's some folks who think it's important to be a jerk. Yeah, I tell you, <laughs> we won't get into that. <laughs> you, you ain't kidding. And actually, when I was speaking to your buddy Danny Shirley from Confederate Railroad Saturday, he was talking about that. He said, "Uh, you know, we really shouldn't put people on pedestals and call them our, you know, and, and you don't, you never want to meet your heroes," is what he was saying. And he said, yeah. "But however, the heroes that he's met in country music, like Loretta Lynn and Tammy Wynette, they were what you would expect." 
but he said there's <laughs> others that, you know, he wish he would have never sat on a pedestal. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's goes with anything in life, I guess. Yeah, um, it is. Well, here we go, John. This is uh, rapid fire, and I'm going to give okay. you a statement or a name, and you just tell tell us what the first thought that comes to your mind. And all the other artists have done it, and it's been really cool. For instance, okay. I'll, I'll give you this favorite hit song to play live. Okay. What is it? Uh, uh, Your love amazes me. Okay. Biggest musical influences growing up. John Denver. Mm. Flat out. Yeah, mm, that's good. Favorite record you have recorded so far? Uh, favorite record I recorded is probably Wildest Dreams. Mm, that's a good one too, man. That was uh, was that O two or O three or? Uh, that was early two thousands, wasn't it? Oh, if not ninety nine. Ninety nine. Okay. Um, yeah. Biggest career highlight so far? Singing on CMA award shows in ninety five. That was amazing. I bet it was. And what song did you do that night? If I had any pride left. Oh, that's what I thought, man. I actually wrote that down on my notes. My favorite song that I've ever heard you perform live is If I Had Any Pride Left at All. Yeah, that's a Kleenex moment right there. Mm. Um, All right, now, we did this the other day, and it was really cool. If we had a Mount Rushmore of country music for males and then a Mount Rushmore for females, it can be bands too. Who would you put on there? We'll start with females. If you, if we could put a four females for a Mount Rushmore of country music, who would you put? Uh, four ladies I put up there. Uh, Reva first. Okay. Um, uh, Miss Loretta. Oh yeah. Love her to death. Um, she's so funny. I oh, bet my she God. is. <laughs> and uh, uh, oh. Oh gosh, she just went right out of my head. I know it's I'll tough. Think for a second. Reba, Loretta. Uh, let me see, Reba. Uh, I'm just drawing a blank on her uh, name. Hey, so Lori Morgan did too. <laughs> yeah. She, I just, I just can't take a picture. But, um, Would you put Patrick? June Cash. Oh, June Carter, man. That's a good one. Yeah, June, June Carter Cash. Yeah. And uh, and Dolly. Oh yeah, that's that's a good <laughs> man. That's good. Yeah, people don't realize what a great writer Dolly was. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. What a great songwriter. I mean, she became what a hundred millionaire from "I Will Always Love You." <laughs> oh hello. <laughs> All right, hello. now Mount Rushmore for the guys. Who you got? It could be bands. Uh, Char- Charlie Daniels. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, Willie Nelson. Mm-hmm. Uh, though I did not grow up listening to his music, but I have to put him on there because I have such immense respect for him, Merle Haggard. Yeah. And John, and probably Johnny Cash. Mm, that's good, man. Those are good. Yeah. Uh, well, John, thank you so much for calling in. This has been great. Man, good to chat with you again, my friend. And uh, hopefully I'll get up there. And I think I'm going to try to come to the – you're going to be in Gainesville, right? Gainesville, Georgia? Yep. Yep. So I'll, I'll try to come hang out with you all. And, yeah, I think uh, now, around the 19th of December. Yeah. And, and now, Kalen, your son, is still playing drums, correct? 
he is, and oh. he's been out playing with some other folks as well. And uh, won't, probably won't be too long. So he's going to get picked up by somebody and go do the big show, which I hope so. I, yeah. I don't want him to. I don't want him be in the in the. the uh, You don't I want him to go play the big, the right. big show, the big, oh, yeah. the, the big arena show. But he needs to be in a big. He's good enough to do that stuff all day long. You he, aren't kidding. Remarkable. You aren't kidding, man. Um, yeah. And Sean, your other son in Texas, tell us what he's doing. Yeah, he's he's uh, living out in Texas. He's got a little EP out uh, and and doing good. He's playing all around, and he's. Matter of, matter of fact, he's been playing more this fall than he's played in years. He's just, uh, he's, I think, he's starting to make a little name for himself out there. He lives out near Tyler, Texas, yep. East Texas, and he's doing really well. Real proud of. Him. And Taylor Marie. Yeah, Taylor Marie's married, and she lives in Texas. She moved and, to Texas. Uh, yeah, she just moved to Texas what about uh, that? in November, and she's there over uh, just between Houston and the coast. Oh. Uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the island over there. That's awesome. But uh, anyway, but they're uh, uh, they they moved over there. She's a flight attendant with mm-hmm. Delta, and uh, so they uh, her husband uh, Lance got a job out there, and so they moved out there. She's based out of there now. So. That's awesome. Wow. But well, folks, would man, I appreciate it. They go to johnberry.com. We've got a new EP called Thomas Road. I hope that they'll go take a look at that. Got wow. five new songs on. Well, four songs, uh, five five songs plus a, a beautifully broken. So five new ones and then beautifully broken. Songs. That is awesome, man. That's that's great to hear the EP. We're I tickled with it. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Yeah, please do, guys. Johnberry.com. It's got the news, tour info. Uh, you can follow him on Instagram. Uh, he, he's, he's got it going on and his Facebook page is very informative. So, uh, facebook.com and search for John Barry music. Uh, he's on there and I can't wait to have Sean on the show. I, I plan on getting him and talking about Texas country, uh, and what he's doing. So, uh, it's a whole different, it's a whole different country. It is, isn't it? It really is. That's and what they, I hear. It's got a, it's got an edge and a, it's got a, a fire about it that is just, not quite it's just different yeah it's really good well i've really listened good. to his i listened to his record man and it, it is it's it's sean barry all over it i love oh, what yeah. he's done it ain't his daddy's country yeah <laughs> yeah one of his songs is called first generation drunk yeah <laughs> i'm just glad it wasn't second generation drunk yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well man thank you so much john and uh i'll talk to you soon buddy okay pal thank you see you john Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to the show. I hope you really enjoyed that interview. What a great, great, humble country artist. I'm telling you, he is, he's been something special, him and his wife, Robin, in my life. I love his kids as well, and uh, I'm so glad that um, they are in my life. Such great people. Be sure you visit him on the web, johnberry.com. He has a brand, he's recording a brand new record right now, and... Uh, I was privileged to hear one of the new songs, and wow, it is so good. You can always watch us every Sunday night at 8 o'clock on Facebook Live. We play some old covers of country music songs. We talk about the podcast, and I share some insights 
I give you uh, who's coming up on the podcast and all that good stuff. Coming up next week is Jeannie Seeley. And the week after that, Brady Seals, formerly of Little Texas. Many great guests are coming up. Thank you so much for subscribing to the podcast. I love it. You all are awesome. Have a great week. And we will talk to you next Sunday. See you later.